Hello, listeners. Welcome to the first episode of season two of the Boo Radio. With all the support that I received from season one, I'm happy to be broadcasting a second season. I received a lot of support, a lot of positive feedback, and a lot of constructive criticism. For instance, a lot of listeners told me that instead of having clean-cut edited comments in the middle of survivors' responses, I preserved the natural flow of the conversation. So that's what I did. When possible, I arranged a time to have a call with survivors and recorded the call, and now I'm broadcasting it with minimal editing. So the natural flow of the conversation would be preserved. So there might be pauses, there might be, uh, you know, anything that happens in a natural conversation, but I hope you like it. In this episode, we have Timothy's story. Timothy's story involves details of sexual abuse, physical abuse, and emotional abuse. So if you are triggered by any of these topics, please listen with a trusted friend or a professional. In addition, Timothy's story has a unique turn. So usually when I interview survivors, uh, they're no longer in contact with the perpetrator. And while I don't advocate for any special type of relationship with a perpetrator after the abuse happens, in this story, Timothy shows forgiveness towards his perpetrators. So it was very interesting for me to hear and even more interesting to know the mentality behind why he did this. So without further ado, Let's hear from him. Parents are, we're married and we're still married. I have one sibling who is four years younger than I am that has uh, Asperger's syndrome, which is on the autism scale. Um, we started out very poor, uh, living in a trailer park where the sexual abuse happened, not from my parents, but from uh, my best friend at the time at six years old and his older cousin who was four or five years older. Um, the other abuse came directly from my parents and that lasted from practically the moment I was born up until I was kicked out of the house at 21 uh, years old and forced to live with is now my current wife. Um, so I've been, a, I was abused for a pretty good stretch of my life. Um, the sexual abuse started when my best friend at the time asked me to come over to his house. They lived right across the street from the trailer park. And we went into his bedroom where his older cousin was uh, there and they wanted to play a game of let's uh, take off our clothes. And I was six years old. I had no idea what any of that meant, but I was like, okay. So I took off my shirt, took off my shoes, my socks. I didn't want to go any further. And then the next thing I know, the uh, 10 or 11 year old cousin of my best friend was forcing me on the ground. And my friend pulled my shorts and my underwear off and I tried to scream and the cousin put his hand over my mouth while my friend started to uh, molest me. And I didn't know what he was doing because he was holding my head down so tightly 
I couldn't look down and see what he was doing. But um, I was being raped, uh, forcibly oral sex performed upon me. Um, when I finally was able to get loose, I didn't know what had happened, but I knew it felt wrong. And when I tried to tell my parents about it, they didn't believe me. Um, at six years old, I lacked the capacity of explaining what had actually happened other than we took our clothes off. It was the only thing that they could apparently understand. Uh, they also never believed me about anything, frankly, in my life. And as a result, uh, while we lived in that trailer park for about, from my age of six to about eight, um, anytime I went over to my friend's house, if his cousin was there, they would find some excuse somewhere to hold me down and molest me. And telling my parents did nothing except lead them to beat me for lying or bothering them. Uh, my father at this point in his life was a raging alcoholic who was a very violent alcoholic. Um, he would come home from work and would alternate between beating my mother or myself uh, when he wasn't being physically abusive. Uh, if my mother complained or he felt I was lacking in some capacity of that day, he would make these hand signs, these placards with twine that said, you are a failure. You are a disappointment. Uh, you are not my son. And he would make me wear those around my neck and outside so that my friends and other people could see me wearing it. And I had to actually look up what the words failure and disappointment meant at six because I didn't know what those words meant. And reading them in the dictionary just kind of confirmed to me that I must be this complete reject of a human being that my own parents would hate me this strongly. Um, my father, he was being physically abusive, not only with his hands or his belt, he had a horse whip. Uh, my mother used to own a horse and he would use the, her, her old horse whip to literally beat me with the horse whip. Um, when we finally got out of the trailer park, my parents had undergone a religious conversion to uh, mainstream uh, Southern American Christianity. And while that, my father, to get his credit, stopped drinking completely, um, the abuse eased somewhat, but it was still there. Um, it's actually, I'm ashamed to say, it's like a litany of <laughs> almost atrocities that he performed upon me. Uh, I was, in answering your questions, I was actually thinking and writing out loud all of the things that he did, or at least the highlights of it. And uh, I remember um, my brother had lied about me hitting him. And while I was reading a comic book in my bedroom, 
my father burst in the room. I was laying on my stomach reading a comic book. He grabbed me by the back of my head and my shorts. My bed was snug straight up against a wall. He threw me against the wall where I bounced off the wall onto the bed into the air. I was a very small child. I was the smallest child in my class. He grabbed me in the air, threw me against the wall a second time, uh, where I rebounded off the wall onto the bed, went up in the air a second time. He caught me in the air without missing a beat and threw me against the wall a third time. And on the third time, I, it actually knocked me unconscious because the next thing I distinctly remember from that was my uh, brother holding my hand and asking was I okay and he was crying and he said I'll never tell him about you again and my brother has always been terrified literally terrified of my father um, he um, loved to beat me for not much reason. Um, one of the times he beat me, instead of using a, he would usually use his work belt, but he took the belt buckle and was beating me with the rolled up belt, but with the buckle, the metal buckle was what was actually hitting me. And he always wanted to make me cry. And then after I cried, if he could get me to cry, he would only beat me a little bit more and then stop. But on this occasion, he was beating me with a belt buckle so hard against my uh, lower part of my back that I had a, a spinal contusion and my legs literally collapsed underneath me. And he thought I was shamming or faking. So he lifted me by my hair and flung me over the side of the arm of the couch where he then continued to beat me even harder with the belt buckle or trying to fake and get out of it, as he put it. I'm sorry. Yes. Well, I am so sorry that you've been through this and I really admire your resilience that you're talking about it uh, with such a courage. I really do. This is this really sounds tough and even hearing about it really, it, it's, just um, what happened to you, I'll just say it was horrible. So when you were growing up, um, did you notice that how you were growing up was different from the other kids in your class or from your friends? Uh, or did you think that uh, life and childhood is just like this? Um, they had told me that I couldn't tell anyone what was going on because if I did, I would be taken to an orphanage, which was described to me as hell on earth. And that at least they loved. I was terrified to tell anyone what was going on. Uh, I knew it was odd. Even as a small child, I knew it was odd because when I spoke to my other friends of my age, or maybe slightly older, uh, when I would just ask, you know, how, how often do your parents beat you? Um, and how, how beat you and they would just look at me with a befuddled expression of what do you mean beating you and apparently I was not the I wasn't the only one getting uh, whipped or spanked but 
the degree of it was far beyond anyone else's experience. Right, and how did this impact you when you were a child? Now that you look back, um, how did it impact your social life? Or how did this impact you when you were in your adolescent years and then further on into adulthood? Um, well, as I mentioned, the abuse didn't stop, unfortunately, when I became a teenager. Um, it, it definitely affected me. I like, even now I have a complete phobia of heights because uh, on vacation one year, we went to an island that had a lighthouse and we climbed up to the top of the lighthouse and it was just myself and my father. And he grabbed me by the neck and dangled me off the edge of the lighthouse at the top as what he described as a joke and for being a bad son. And I, I am absolutely phobic of heights uh, as a result. Um, when we were watching a sports game and I corrected him when he made a factual error about a baseball player's batting average. Um, I made the mistake of calling him obtuse. So he flew out of his chair, grabbed me by the throat and flung me on the ground and started choking me to death. And I at first was resisting him by trying to pull his wrist away. And I mean, I looked in his eyes at that point in my life, I was, I think, 14 years old. I, I was ready to go. I, I was tired of the abuse. So I just let my hands go and just looked at him and actually whispered, do it to him. And it, it seemed to stun him that I would say it. And he reluctantly let me go and got off of me. And once I could breathe, I crawled to my bedroom and shut the door. And about 30 minutes later, he knocked on the door and asked if I wanted to continue to watch the game with him, to which I said no. Um, but uh, unfortunately for me, one of the defense mechanisms that they've developed over the years is that anytime I reference some of these horrific instances from my childhood and adolescence, uh, they just call it uh, Timmy land as if it's a playground, because they said, I'm just making this up. This is just stories from Timmyland. Uh, I didn't know at the time that it was called gaslighting, but that's exactly what it was. So how did this influence you as an adult? Um, uh, mm -hmm. what, what do you think, just if you look at yourself, uh, how do you think this has impacted your behaviors? It made me- choices. Right. It made me very self-conscious. Um, my mother is probably the most negative human being on earth and but always told me how ugly I was, how unattractive I was, how stupid I was. So she kept insisting that no girl would ever find me attractive. So whenever I got old enough that I became interested in girls as a uh, heterosexual male, I had no confidence whatsoever. And what I didn't know at the time was that, and not use, is that uh, I was a demisexual and still am, uh, meaning that I only can develop after I get to really know them as a person. And 
when I got to know some of my friends who were girls and if I developed an attraction to them and I would ask them on a date or just say, hey, I, I like like you, I got friend zoned. And by literally every single girl I expressed an interest in, to be honest with you, with the exception of my wife, and every time it happened, it just reinforced the self-hate that I had for myself because it just confirmed everything that my mother and father uh, instilled in me. That's right. Wow. I, I am sorry that you had to hear that growing up. Thank you. And, uh, how about right now? Uh, are you still having these qualities or um, as an adult? How has this, uh, like, have these changes stayed or not? Uh, some of them have. Um, I mean, unfortunately, there was such a taboo about anything related to sex in my uh, life that, um, and this goes back to my being molested when I was six to eight. Um, I, I've never been able to touch my own genitals except for using the bathroom. Uh, so that means I've never been able to self-pleasure myself. Um, so that's a lasting uh, effect of that. Um, but the, the, if there's any positive to this, um, it definitely taught me to be empathetic and caring that when I see other people are suffering through, through anything, uh, my experiences have taught me that you can choose to be choose to be unkind and i try every day to be as kind as i can to people because you don't know what someone's life experience has been you have no reason to judge them and if nothing else we should always try to help each other and uplift each other that's an amazing mentality i mean this is very admirable because a lot of people do choose to be unkind and well, people like you make a world better place for other people. Thank you. <laughs> so how is your current relationship with the people who abuse you, like uh, your parents or that friend and his cousin? I have not. Contact with them? Yes, I've lost contact with my uh, old friend and his cousin. Um, he did tell me much later that he was being abused by that same cousin and that was the only reason he did that to me is because the cousin told him if he didn't do it he just do it to him so um that did make me feel empathy for him because he went through it as well um my relationship with my parents was not a good one uh for obvious reasons uh for the first 20 years of my life, but I will say while they've never acknowledged what they've done, uh, we've had a much better relationship in the last 10, 10 years. Uh, they have been kinder and more loving. They've helped myself and my wife whenever we've asked them to. So I think they're in their own way. I think they're trying to show, uh, uh, love and trying to make up trying to atone for what they did when i was younger 
Um, Why do you think this change happened? Do you have any idea? Uh, have you ever asked them that how, what was the reason behind this change of mentality? Um, I think it's, it's directly because uh, when I met my wife, we met online through the internet and my mother was convinced that my wife was a, someone impersonating uh, a woman and was going to murder me apparently. And she beat me, literally beat me with luggage, would randomly attack me to stop me from going up to see her. Uh, she lived in Chicago. I lived in Georgia, which is a pretty good trip. And once, once they saw I was actually going to willing to go through this and still see her, and they finally got to meet uh, what would what would be my wife when we were still dating. Um, they really love my wife. And I, I, I think that realizing they were so wrong about her, it might've been a moment of clarity for them to realize that they had been wrong about me for essentially my entire life. And again, while they've never apologized for it, um, it has gotten to the point that about three years ago, for the first time in my life, my dad said that he was proud of me. And I'd never heard those words in my life. And well, never, we were sitting in a uh, restaurant and I had to excuse myself to go in the bathroom and honestly start crying, uh, which is something I rarely do uh, simply because at the test of wills between myself and my father, when he was beating me, he was beating me to try to make me cry. And since I knew that, I would give him the satisfaction. But him telling me that he was proud of me, that, that did bring me to tears. Right. So um, if you could go back and um, say something to your childhood self, what would you say? Hmm. Um, I would tell him um, we could, there was a graveyard not far from where we used to live and I could see the graves from my bedroom window and I used to envy the dead because no one was hurting them. They just were left alone. And I would tell him and anyone else that's going through this or went through this, it, it does get better. Uh, you have the option of growing from this, learning from this. Um, you, you can or cannot forgive those who hurt you. That, that's up to you as an individual. But what I said earlier about you have the option to being kind. Choose that. We need more kind people in the world. Please be one of them. I really like your mentality about this. And just the last question, um, how was your healing journey like? Um, how did you just propel yourself to heal? Um, when, when I was younger, uh, we were in a mainstream uh, Christian Protestant church. And when I tried telling the pastor once about it, he didn't believe me, told my parents, which led to a massive beating on my behalf. Um, but I tried again when my wife and I converted to Orthodox Christianity, uh, Russian Christian, uh, Orthodox Christianity to be specific. And the uh, priest, the father I spoke to, I could actually tell him about this. And he was a wonderful listener 
and helped me so much in forgiving them because I had never forgiven them. And he made me realize that I was the only one hurting by carrying that hate and pain that I was the only one, I was punishing myself. I wasn't punishing them. And he really, the aspect of forgiveness and I did not deserve what happened to me, which was the hardest thing for me to unlearn, to be honest. That's right. Well, thank you for uh, giving me your time, Timothy. This is, this is a great interview, and I've learned a lot from you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for the kind words. Well, um, if you have nothing else to add, uh, I will end the interview. And if you do, please feel free to add it and say it. Okay. Um, I mean, other than listing yet more horrible stories, of emotional or physical abuse, um, uh, yes, I'm fine if you wish to, enter, to end the interview. But just one thing. So this just occurred to me to ask. So when you look back at, uh, to the time that you were a child or a teenager, mm -hmm. well, a lot of people, uh, a lot of children are abused, um, even in this developed country. Mm -hmm. So um, what do you think you needed at that time? What did you really want uh, other people to do if, if at all you wanted anybody else to do anything? Did you want them to notice? Did you want them to ask a certain question or something like that? Yes, I, I wish some of the teachers that saw the bruises on me and asked questions about why I had those bruises or why I shied from any physical contact for so many years from anyone. Um, I wish I had someone that could have saved me from that abuse. Um, I very much wanted to live only with my uh, grandmother, my maternal grandmother, who always treated me wonderfully and was a, a living saint, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so yes, if, if I could have had some change anything in my life, that, that would have been it. We have now reached the end of Timothy's interview and the end of episode one. Please let me know if you have any feedback or any comments on how I can make this podcast better. Also, if you have a story to share, please feel free to email me at the address provided in the caption. Thank you for listening and goodbye.